Welcome to the Scope Creepers podcast, another episode. Um, I am Pedro, the developer. And I'm Christian, the project manager. And today's topic is weak foundation. All right. Um, welcome, everybody, to one more episode. Um, let's talk about weak foundations. Uh, we, uh, Christian and I talked about um, structuring this episode in three parts. We're going to define what is uh, what does weak foundation uh, a weak foundation actually means, uh, what impact do they have, and how can we tackle them? So, Christian, have a go at it. Yeah, I mean, um, in project management, I, I think one of the, the challenges are that there has very been very little research done on why projects go wrong, right? So, so that's why yeah. I've been focusing on this term, weak foundations, looking at a project like a building, because it's my experience, and and basically most of the literature around why projects go wrong is based on experience more than science. It's my experience that um, uh, the earlier in a project you <laughs> make a big mistake, uh, obviously, the bigger the consequences are. So so foundations mm. is like the same kind of thing in a building that if the foundations are not there, you can build a most fantastic building on top of it. But if you make the mistakes in the beginning of the project, then it's very, very difficult to uh, correct them later. So, and that's where a building mm. and a, a, a general project like a software project has a lot in common. Mm. You talk about um, why projects fail. Um, wouldn't, be, wouldn't that be a, a failing project? Isn't that an effect uh, of a weak foundation rather than the cause? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, failure is obviously an effect of a weak foundation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, also, but, but also a problem. I mean, how do you define failure, right? In 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 the classic project triangle, we've got like three constraints. We've got uh, scope, uh, we've got the time, and we've got resources. Mm-hmm. And a, a classic example is that that um, Eisenhower, the, the general liberating uh, Europe from Nazism, he said that uh, in his point of view. Uh, Operation Overlord, the invasion of of uh, Normandy and Germany eventually was like a 50% success because he lost a lot more people than he expected. It took a lot longer time and um, he didn't necessarily get all of Germany, right? But mm-hmm. I would say it was a 100% success because Definitely. <laughs> because Nazism is gone. So, uh, <laughs> so, I mean... Well... Yeah, but kind of, right? But anyway, the oh, point yeah. is yes, that you have to look at the strategic purpose of your project. You might accept mm-hmm. a cost overrun. You might accept a delay if you mm-hmm. end up uh, achieving what you actually wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, right. I mean, um, when um, when thinking about this uh, this uh, topic of weak foundations, I actually um, was only looking at the company foundations um, from the from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so how uh, I was thinking, how do they affect projects and people and everything around it? Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a broader scope to this. I think foundations could be maybe they're all tied to actually company foundations, but there's also you know, you have technical foundations as a as a as a as a developer at least you 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 have to have some sort of foundations and then you build on top of it. I guess as everyone else um, and um, alongside company foundations and, and technical foundations, uh, I think there should be ethical foundations on on top of that. So. Uh, obviously, if, if all three fails, then we have a recipe for disaster. Um, how I see weak foundations, I actually look from the company yeah. perspective. So a 
a, a, a culture that is weak. Uh, and we can still take a lot of different uh, sides to it, right? Um, but it's it it it's I think it uh, is a recipe for projects to fail because you know, as they say, stuff rolls downhill. But 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 anyway. Um, uh, so uh, alongside that, the, the technical foundations all 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 together, um, they 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 definitely uh, cause uh, failure of projects. So. What I wanted to talk about is um, what do you think is the different kinds of foundations that 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 there is out there, um, and what impact do they have other than the overall failure of pretty much everything that goes around in the in a company or a project? Well, I think um, if if we wanted to group them somehow, um, uh, I would group them in. Um, Governance. I mean, how how mm-hmm. are projects uh, managed uh, in general? Um, I would group them in um, the team. Uh, what kind of team do you have for a project, and how is it um, how is it uh, working? I would look at um, the technology because you can really affect success probability of a project by making technological choices. The overall strategy, mm-hmm. the way the company works with strategies, also uh, management um, and management culture and culture in general in the company is extremely important. Uh, the way mm-hmm. you're working with economy, uh, and that also relates to to uh, maturity of the organization project-wise, uh, HR and organization during the project, development methods, mm-hmm. again, government during the project uh and how do you end up delivering? I mean, how do you do your go live? How do you deliver to the market? Do you have uh, are you a professional in uh, in handling that? So, so in, in my experience, that's like the the general groups that are most important, where you can find a lot of indicators very early in a project that that something is being done wrong. Right. I want to pick up on the on yeah. the culture uh, side of it. What what is a weak culture in well, your perspective? Well, from a project management perspective. I think there are some indicators mm-hmm. like um, in a lot of companies, management and employees actually live in very different realities. So, so you have uh, uh, strategic uh, clarity maybe at the at CEO level or at C level in general, but very little connection to the actual reality on the people who are going to carry out the projects. So, so you have deadlines that are completely arbitrary and has had no connection to any kind of estimate made by specialists. So that's one example. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, I know you experienced something like that yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as a developer, I, I focus mostly on the technical foundations, uh, to be honest. Um, I try to have an holistic view of everything that's going on, but it's easy to focus on what is actually near you. Um, um, so... For me, a technical foundation or a weak technical foundation means that you have. Uh, you, when I say you, is it's generally you, of course. Um, you have a, a, a lack of knowledge in the language that you're supposed to work on. Um, to give a specific example, yeah. I, I work on a daily basis with uh, with um, with React, which is a JavaScript library uh, to build the user interfaces, um, but. If we don't forget that React is just basically an abstraction on top of JavaScript, um, it's quite essential, in my opinion, to have a um, 
a, a strong JavaScript foundation. Because if you understand the basics, if you understand the core, then everything on top of that, it's going to be easier. So um, lacking uh, these these technical foundations would affect seriously a, a project. Obviously, we're not we're talking about specific projects, right? And one size doesn't fit all. But I guess in most cases and from experience, I think it would affect deeply how a project would be delivered and how it would be not delivered, but how it would be actually uh, made, right? How how the uh, stories are going to be in developed. All, in all due respect, Pedro, I wouldn't put that on the culture. <laughs> That's like a technological... No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on, on the culture level, yeah. um, there's... Uh, also from developer perspective, of course, um, there's um, one very thing, one very big thing that I think it's yes. uh, worth mentioning. It's um, there should be a lack of big egos. Mm-hmm. Um, egos create clashes. Clashes creates entropy. Entropy creates problems um, and so forth. Um, I think at the very um, basic of a strong cultural foundation within the development Mm -hmm. team would be lack of egos and empathy. If you understand that your teammate has a problem, Mm -hmm. if you um, realize, if you are aware that there is a, uh, someone who is struggling um, uh, or something in the team that's not going well. And if you're aware, then I think, that's a good foundation, right? I think that's that that helps because it benefits the whole team and also ends up benefiting benefiting people individually. Yeah, I think. I, think um, even, I mean, I, I would have I had the point, but I was like seen from the other point perspective, saying you can if you have a culture that's generally unhelpful, it's very competitive between individuals. Mm-hmm. Then you got that situation where you don't have empathy. But, but it's also difficult to see to say I don't want to hire assholes. I don't want to hire jerks. I don't want to hire big egos. I mean, <laughs> there's fewer and fewer people left out there. If you remove all those mm-hmm. guys from you, right? You also have to mm-hmm. look at talent. So, I mean, what, what's your opinion on that? How, yeah. how do you do you compromise on culture if you find an excellent uh, engineer? Uh, personally, no. Um, uh, but I think in generally, yes. Uh, people would be, from a management perspective, if I may say so, uh, people would be more interested in someone who develops a lot in a short period of time. Um, I guess speed. Um, but um, I would. I always lobby a bit for the human side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I know that other people are going to lobby for. Okay, this guy has to be a rock star and he has to develop super nice um, or super fast, um, uh, and has to be, uh, you know, uh, knows a lot of libraries and knows this and that so i try to lobby for the other way it was like uh, which is like uh, does this person fit and i don't i think it probably happens the same as as a project manager uh would you say yeah to a certain extent unfortunately people i mean the um when when the shit hits the fan or the project goes wrong that's when we need the spe- very special human qualities that we didn't hire for uh we mm-hmm. we, we hired for speed uh efficiency uh being able to multitask a lot, but we didn't hire for empathy, uh, being able to think on your feet, uh, creativity, and problem solving. Um, so I think I think mm-hmm. that's a challenge. Typically, you have to hire 
uh, for more than what you think the the job entitles. So, um, would you say that um, a way to tackle a weak foundation would be to pinpoint from the interview process someone who has a holistic way of looking at things rather than just building fast, fast, fast? I can put yeah, it. But then, on the other yeah. hand, but then in the end, you also need the guy to be able to code. Right? Yes, it's, it's, we have the same discussion in project management. Let's say. A lot of companies they hire <clears throat> they want to hire a project manager for software projects and they insist that the guy is a developer himself. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, does being a very good developer make you a good project manager? Most probably not. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, so that would be an indicator that you are struggling with two different professional identities, and you will you can't be a, a master of two trades, oh. right? And that's a weak so, technical foundation as well, right? It's a weak technical, it's a cultural or skills-wise, no. team-wise foundation. Mm -hmm. no. So, no. so a, a way to solve that, there's a lot of companies do to to look at a different thing like the team structure uh, to move out of the culture space. They have like also we have two project managers. We've got a mm -hmm. technical project manager and a project project manager. It's a very classical mistake, and it, it always ends up making problems. So, <laughs> <clears throat> is there a, is that a thing? People uh, very, very much a thing, very mm. much. A thing. And that's typically because, you know, the culture around this project is like a temporary organization. And a lot of the organizations that are contributing the resources to a project, they still want to keep some kind of control of what's going on because they know that the guys in the other department actually jerks and they don't know what they're doing. So, mm -hmm. so you go there and not just as a resource, you also go there as kind of a mole. You have to make sure that, that we're keeping in control of this and these guys are not ruining everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, your primary loyalty is to your original department because that's where you're going back eventually mm -hmm. after the project is done, right? So if right. you have that, that kind of situation, then you're priming the team for disaster immediately. And that's often how you end up with two project managers because you have two different departments and none of them want to hand over control to the department. Um, in that case, would it be safe to say that, for example, um, If someone hires two project managers for just one uh, project, mm -hmm. doesn't the, isn't the core of the problem uh, lying somewhere in upper management? So isn't upper management a important foundation of uh, of a company of of everything that goes around in the company? I guess that's obviously it, it is a yes. So um, a w could it be that a way to tackle weak foundations is better upper management? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, kind of, but I mean, uh, you know the example of Belgium, right? They had like a very, very uh, problematic um, general election and couldn't form a yeah. couldn't form a government, and they ran the country for more than a year without having one. So uh, yeah. I'm not saying kill all managers. <laughs> I happen to be one. <laughs> happen to be one myself. What I'm saying is that management is not always part of the solution, but it's often part of the problem. Um, yeah. And very often the solution is is, is found in the people actually uh, working with the, the thing. I mean, um, back to culture kind of thing is how do you handle bad news? If, if you have a company culture that generally doesn't want to have bad news, then you won't get it, yeah. right? If you keep on killing the messenger, you will end up not getting messages. Nobody will tell them there is a problem. And we'll just keep mm -hmm. hiding it and piling stuff on top of it 
and then you'll discover it when everything breaks down. So that's another right, and that's I guess... a kind of foundation that's really a big problem in their projects, and it's uh, extremely common in really a lot of companies. So information would be, or lack of information would be a very huge red flag for for weak foundations. Yeah, I mean, I call it the Saddam Hussein complex. Let's say, <laughs> I mean, no, nobody wanted to give the guy bad news, right? Because when you did, he'd, he'd kill you. Right? So. Um, he was literally killing the messenger. So yeah. everybody was telling him, everything is fine. And, and Americans, what Americans? Yeah. I haven't seen any Americans. Not, not in Baghdad, no, no. Very, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> right. And um, I think uh, I think information, I completely agree. I think, uh, or a lack of information is a huge yeah. sign of a weak foundation. Um, the hiring process is also... Uh, it can also be used as a sign of a, a weak foundation as well. The company yeah. culture, as broad as this can be, um, like a, a toxic culture is definitely a weak foundation, right? A, a competitive... Uh, uh, can be, a, can be a problem. And, and a, and a culture where clarity is unwelcome right? mm -hmm. is no problem. Uh, yeah. and, and if you have a lot of territorial conflicts between departments in a company, it's difficult to create project organization. If you have a, a tradition of all make the decisions must be made by consensus, that's also mm -hmm. difficult. So uh, if yeah. you if you have like if people are uh, disregarding planning as an unimportant activity, that's also an indicator that something is going wrong. And mm -hmm. if everybody's using buzzwords all the time and nobody are able to to tell you what they are, that's also an indicator. Right. Somebody says to you, "Oh, you got to do an agile project with a lot of machines." Um, <laughs> you ask them to tell you what they're talking about and they can't really <laughs> completely tell you but they came back from this huge nice conference and now they're going to do the projects then that's also an indicator yeah and I think uh, a way of tackling them is to probably be aware and identifying that these things happen Yeah. Um, of course you can only identify after being in a company for a certain time yeah uh, you can't identify this from the outside or in an interview. Um, but yeah, these are definitely signs that something is wrong and uh, probably something should change. Um, I think personally, as a developer, I like to know what is going on. Um, That's a very wide and, term. What do you mean what is going on in the, all of the companies? So it could be on a, on a, company, on a company level, um, I think it's very reasonable that I know the at least the, the where the company is going uh, as in pipeline as in uh, financially where are we walking towards how are we uh, what is our status mm -hmm. quo this, these are uh, chunks of information that I think it's very valuable and it should not be hidden uh, from the from the developer and the closer it gets to my own uh, uh, personal uh, mm -hmm. space yeah. if you can say so then the more information I would like to get. So I would like to know how the product is doing. What's the feedback uh, from users and, and and things like that. Where are we going to go? Uh, I would like to have a saying on also where are we going, at least from a technical perspective. So the closer it gets to me, I think the more information it uh, I, I should be able to access. Okay. I don't know from how do you see that uh, information? Um, quantity at at all levels, quantity when it's closer to you, quality. I think I think it's, um, it's difficult because all companies have secrets, right? And uh, it's yeah. generally the manager's prerogative 
to know the secrets and not necessarily share all of them. So, and, and there can be a lot of reasons mm -hmm. for that. Some of them are valid and some of them I don't necessarily think are valid, right? But a good example is if you mm -hmm. tell people um, constantly about the financial situation of the company, they might get so scared that they quit. But what if it's true? What if it's true? Well, they're developers, they can always get a job. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're thinking that if it's true and it's bad but what if it's true and it's good i don't i don't think people would leave no um, if it's true and and good if it's i'm not necessarily, say, they say not necessarily as, saying that i think that way but i think that mm -hmm. is like one of the reasons why you would want to um yeah yeah uh, another reason is that um explaining something to people who are not working with finances would take a lot of time and you still might not be able to, I mean, uh, get the point across. Like you trying to yeah. have an architectural discussion with somebody like me um, who at least can tell when I'm being bullshitted by a developer, but I don't necessarily have the ability to write a line of code myself. But you, That's a good yeah, but you telling a CFO about something and you could basically baffle him with buzzwords, right? Um, Uh, mm -hmm. The other way around also applies. Um, just because you are an exceptionally yes. smart person, which you are because you're a developer, and you might tend to think that you're probably <laughs> the smartest person in the company. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of egos, <laughs> and you would be able to solve any problem if you just get the time to put your head to it, right? I'm not speaking of you personally, of course. I'm just the, the, no, no. a fictive person here, right? <laughs> I mean, um, uh, and of course you'd be able to understand company finances if you only had the time. Uh, but a lot of other people might not have your exceptional cognitive abilities and might just be very good developers. And how are they supposed to handle some complicated information that they don't really know what indicate? Mm. Um, I think we should actually do a follow-up on this episode. Um, yeah. Because we could go on for... We could, for hours. For hours. Um, I think the main Which, gist uh, we, is that we can identify these red flags, right? I think that's that's can. a positive thing. Um, but so um, we, What do we do about them? That's the last question. Yeah, I, I think I still think the, the, the best way to do is, is just be aware that they exist. Uh, if you have some sort of uh, decision power, then yeah, you should... Definitely, as an ethical foundation, you should ethically do something about it um, uh, to change for the better, of course. Well, there are ways uh, of doing that, actually. There are, there are I mean, um, a lot of companies and public sector agencies are introducing um, printive processes to identify some of the weak foundations in big projects. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm at a, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but I'm doing volunteer work for the Danish government, doing risk analysis on big major national IT. And we yeah. sit down and we we go through a, a project nation document before they start spending all the millions, right? And we uh, okay. point out problems uh, in the plan, uh, identifying weak foundations kind of. Um, <laughs> there's also a new method called red teaming that's being introduced in, in Europe, originally developed in the, uh, the US Army. And they do, they have a very structured way at addressing plans before you start uh, carrying them out in practice. Right. So there's a lot of like uh, checklists, uh, identify specific uh, uh, biases or specific, uh, very specific signs of organization or bad governance. Uh, so mm -hmm. there, there is actually a growing 
if not an industry, then at least a growing discipline of trying to do preemptive analysis of major plans before you commit your entire company and millions of bucks. So, right. And, and it, it, it does exist, but it, it costs money and it's insurance. And mm-hmm. what's the sound of nothing happening, right? Uh, it's very difficult to show it off that you've right. prevented something from happening. Yeah, I think uh, um, we can, all, I mean, we can, we can always plan, um, but uh, there's always Murphy's Law. But this is something that we, we need to do a week foundations episode too, because I would really like to explore this um, at the point at where we are. Um, um, but in any case, um, I think we should uh, stay at as is. Uh, we mm-hmm. went to the third to the three uh, main topics, uh, main uh, chapters of this. Um, so I'm leaving for the end uh, our picks. Unless you want to say something as a wrap-up. No. Um, so if you have anything to pick, I, I can start with the picks if, if that's okay. Mm. Um, I uh, came to find out a project called democracy.earth. So that's the URL. Uh, basically, this uses uh, blockchain, hashtag buzzwords, blockchain uh, to implement uh, a thing called liquid democracy. Um, um, as a as a software tool, so meaning that you could potentially uh, vote, or you can today you can vote um, um, and uh, see how far it goes in in order to change democracy. So uh, a liquid the democracy developers, developers is fixing politics, basically. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, so based on a blockchain hashtag buzzword again. Uh, so. I am volunteering for this because I find it very interesting and I had the technical ability to help. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I started. Uh, Just as a side note or as a main note, uh, liquid democracy is the merging between a representative democracy, which is what we have these days, with direct democracy. So the tool allows you to have a voting based on uh, a liquid democracy way of, uh, of, of, of of doing democracy per se. So that's my pick. I really wanted to share this. I'm actually super excited on being part of this. So go to democracy.earth. Uh, they have a GitHub repo. So if you're a developer, please come and help. Um, but if you are a designer, if you are a, involved in politics somehow, yeah, the help is needed. So feel free to drop by, send them an email. They will let you know where you fit in best. Will this also be something that is actually useful to non-developers eventually, or is this just your guys' yes. way of taking over the world? No, no. It's uh, although it was, it is created um, by a developer. Um, it it has a lot of people who are non-developers, and they are very much needed. So people who are, uh, for example, spreading the word, which is they need to be articulate enough to to do it in an eloquent way. Um, uh, people who are improving the uh, the way how the the tool works in 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 a in a from a politics perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what else? Uh, I think there's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, some people uh, related to I mean a law. So I, I I don't think exactly lawyers, but I think yeah, people related to law. Um, um, 